I'd like to entitle the message tonight, What Are You Looking At? <laughs> what are you looking at? Can you just get a hold of that? Just feel that? Amen. What are you looking at? Maybe a mother walks in to her son's bedroom and says, what are you looking at? Amen. Maybe a husband says to his wife, what are you looking at? Sometimes I believe the Holy Ghost is saying to us, what are you looking at? Amen. And uh, in view of the word looking, I'd like to broaden that tonight to be more than just our natural eyes. Though that would be applicable, but much farther, much greater, much deeper than that. But, but what is our perspective? What are we looking at? Amen. I, I reminded, uh, I think it was Hannah, uh, here a few weeks ago. Something I heard Brother Charlie say, uh, I think it was about Sister Jill. You can correct me if I'm wrong. but uh, She said one time, I know it's the devil, but he said, if you know it's the devil, don't go there. Amen. And sister, please forgive me if I messed it up. <laughs> but I want to tell you, that's applicable to every one of us. Sister Hannah here a few weeks ago said, I know this is, I know this is the enemy, but no, 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 no. <laughs> Amen. Don't go there. What are you looking at? Amen. What's your perspective? It's very vital in our lives, folks. It's going to affect us. Amen. It's going to direct our decisions, and, and uh, it's going to affect what takes place down the road. The fruit is going to be affected by what you're looking at. Amen. Praise God. Turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Amen. I appreciate all the food. My, my, my. Amen. I determined the other night I don't think I'm going to eat for a week. But I was hungry by the next morning. <laughs> Amen. And, uh, and then lunch. And... Uh, Breakfast, lunch, and it's just uh, everybody that's been involved in that. God bless you. Amen. Thank you especially for that crawfish soup. Everything else was good. Amen. But that's the only place I get that stuff. Amen. And uh, not that, but this. Yeah. Amen. Thank you for your love to us. And we love you dearly. And are looking forward to eternity together. 
Amen. I uh, was sharing with Brother Charlie last night at the table. I, I know I've, I'm not even beginning to scratch the surface. I've, I've just been thinking and meditating here lately on the glory that we're going to share for eternity. I mean, it's uncomprehendable, folks. Amen. That we're in Christ. The body of Christ. And seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And throughout eternity, we're going to have fellowship in the beloved. I don't want to miss that. I want to tell you, ain't nothing worth that, folks. Amen. Praise God. Hebrews chapter 12. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin, you have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure. But he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, 
lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For you know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. For ye are not come unto the mount that might be touched, and that burned with fire, nor into blackness and darkness and tempest. The sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, which voice they that heard entreated, that the word should not be spoken to them any more, for they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it should be stoned or thrust through with the dart. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. But ye are come unto Mount Zion, and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels. Oh, that God would open our eyes, amen, that we might see. To the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. See that ye refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth. But now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word, yet once more, signified the removing of those things that are shaken as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. The first part of verse 2 said, looking unto Jesus. What are you looking at? Amen, Brother Charlie. Would you pray for God's help to speak and to hear tonight? There is the potential tonight for your life to never be the same. And I know that that's always true. But I would like for us to zero in on the reality of that. Amen. The importance of your perspective. What are you looking at? Amen. You ought to ask yourself that question sometimes. Amen. When the enemy seems to come in like a flood. Amen. When that cloud moves in. When the, when the oppression seems to bind you. Hey, you need to ask yourself the question, what am I looking at? Amen. What are you looking at? Lamentations chapter 3. The Bible says, 
mine eye affecteth mine heart. Mine eye affecteth mine heart. What you're looking at is going to affect your life. It's going to affect your feelings. It's going to affect your emotions. It's going to affect your decisions. It's going to affect the direction of your life and those under your influence. What are you looking at? Amen. Colossians chapter 3 says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth, for ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. What a place of security, folks. Amen. You're dead. That old man is dead dead. Hey, you're dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall we also appear with him in glory. What are you looking at? You say, well, my affections, I try to turn them toward the Lord. Your affections are directly affected by what you're looking at. Amen. And you can look at the wrong thing and try to move your affections all you want to. Amen. But it will be a battle that you'll not be able to conquer until you start looking in the right perspective. Amen. Because your eye will affect your heart. Amen. Don't get confused and wonder. Amen. Why can I seem to get the victory? Why can I seem to get control of this? Why does this overtake me? You're looking in the wrong direction. What are you looking at? Amen. Whether you're looking at this life or whether you're looking at eternal life is going to affect your peace, your rest, your joy, your victory. Amen. What you are looking at, what you're focusing on, will affect your ability to overcome and walk in victory. The reason that Peter sank in the storm was directly affected by what Peter was looking at. Amen. If Peter, amen, when he stepped out and Peter walked on the water, amen, if he would have been looking at Jesus, if his perspective would have been Christ, if he would have been focused in on the Lord of glory, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords, whom he said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, and he would have kept his perspective, he would have never sunk, folks. He only sank because of what he was looking at. Amen. We must get our eyes off of the storm. Amen. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Amen. You must not let your thoughts rebel. Amen. You wouldn't, you wouldn't let your children rebel. Amen. Those little precious, pliable, 
moldable jewels, amen, that you're training and that you're guiding. Amen. If you tell them, sit on that pew, you wouldn't just let them get up and run around. You, you know, some people say, well, how do you keep them from doing that? I, I just, I, I, I don't understand. How do you, you just don't let them do it. That's how. Amen. You, you don't let them play out in the street. Amen. Well, they may nowadays. I don't know. But, I mean, there's got to be purpose there. There's got to be training there. There's got to be direction there. There's got to be consequences there. They've got to be brought under. They've got to be controlled. They've got to be guided. There's got to be an example set before them. Amen. What are you looking at? Bring your thoughts under control. Don't you just let your thoughts run around. If you do, the devil's going to get an advantage in your life. Well, I don't, how do you keep it from doing it? You just don't let them do it. That's how. Amen. You train them differently. You turn them a different direction. You focus them on eternity, on Christ, on the truth, on the word of God. Amen. The Bible tells us casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. A child left to himself will bring his mother shame. We know that's true. Amen. You can't just, and you say, well, I, I don't know if they're old enough. <laughs> Let me tell you, when you should start. When you learn there's conception, that's when you should start. Amen. Training yourself and talking to them. Amen. John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. He heard the salutation of Mary and leaped in that womb. Amen. And from the very time, amen, that you learn you're going to be a parent, amen, you need to begin to guide and teach and train and discipline yourself to be what they need you to be. Amen. The psalmist said, why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the help of my countenance and my God. And another place he said, the health of my countenance and my God. You must bring your thoughts under control. What are you looking at? Don't look at it. Turn your spiritual head. Don't go there. Turn it on Jesus. Amen. Turn it on eternity. We must lift our eyes beyond the horizon, beyond what these natural eyes can see, folks. If you live after the flesh, you're going to die. But if ye, through the Spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, you'll live. Amen. It's important what you look at. Sister Hannah was driving on the way here. And those lights from that oncoming car, you know, tend to blind you. And uh, you, you can't see. But 
I told her, you know, those middle lines, when the lights come, you can't see. But if you'll focus on that white line on the other side, just keep yourself close to that white line. You'll be all right. Amen. Don't, don't fear. Don't worry. Amen. I want to tell you, when you're, amen, the, the, the headlights are coming towards you. There's circumstances that are blinding you. I want to tell you, he'll never suffer you to be tempted above that you're able. You'll always be able to see that white line. You'll always be able to see Jesus if you look. I said if you look, but you've got to look beyond the horizon. You've got to get out of yourself. You've got to get beyond the flesh and look unto Jesus, and he'll calm your storm. Amen. Let's look at some examples of some who've gone before us. I mean, there's some of you here who's been through some troubles and trials physically, spiritually, emotionally. But I don't think anybody's ever faced what Job faced. Amen. Wow. I mean, he was praying for his children, offering sacrifice for his children, burden for his children. And you know the story. The messenger comes. Uh, he, all of his riches are gone. All of his, all of his cattle, all of his, his wealth is, is taken from him that day. His children, amen, are gone that day. Wow. His health is taken from him. Amen. How? How could a man endure under such pressure? How could he contain his sanity? Amen. And all that he was going through, his wife told him, why don't you just curse God and die? There was no support from anywhere, folks. Those three friends, friends sure wasn't supporting him. And his wife wasn't supporting him. His children were gone. Amen. He had no support in this world. Amen. But in the book of Job chapter 19, there is a clue of how he endured. There is a clue of how he overcame. Amen. It was because his perspective. Amen. It was because of what he knew. Amen. I'm telling you, folks. Amen. What we know has got to get bigger than what we can see and feel. Amen. He said, for I know that my Redeemer liveth. Hallelujah. And that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin the worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God, whom I shall see for myself. And mine eyes shall behold him and not another Though my reins be consumed within me, though everything in the natural is falling apart, I know in whom I believe, and I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that that I've committed to him against that day. You got to know as you walk with God, amen, God's bigger than every circumstance, and he give you a promise that if you'll respond rightly to him, and you won't look the wrong directions, but you'll look the right directions, it's all going to work together for your good and for his glory. Amen. Enoch, we don't know a whole lot about Brother Enoch, but we do know he had an eternal perspective, folks. Amen. I believe he is looking in the right direction, don't you? He just went on over. Amen. They got to looking for him and couldn't find him. Amen. You say you think they looked for him. Well, the Bible says, 
Amen. By faith, Enoch walked with God and was not, for God took him. Amen. Uh, where does it say? Amen. I'm giving something about uh, uh, they couldn't find him. He was not found. Thank you, whoever that was. He was not found. Amen. For God took That means they was looking for him. Amen. He wasn't. Where'd Brother Enoch go? I'm not sure. The last time I seen him, amen, he was out there in the field, looked like he was praying, but I ain't seen him since. He went on over. Amen. I tell you, amen, he must have had an eternal perspective. And Jude tells us that Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints. Amen. He was looking in the right direction, folks. We've got to be careful which way we're looking. Amen. Abraham. Amen. You know, Brother Abraham left out of the Ur of the Chaldees, didn't have a clue where he was going. Amen. Just following God and uh, by faith. Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should have to receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whether he went, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city that had foundations whose builder and maker is God. How is it that he was able to have the right spirit? Amen. When his servants and old brother uh, Lot's servants was bickering and and you know I mean Abraham knew Lot. He knew his character, and when he said Lot, if you choose to go to the left, I'll go to the right, and if you choose to go to the right, I'll go to the left. He knew, Amen. Those well watered plains of Jordan was that he he knew, Amen. The decision that uh, that that brother Lot was going to make, Amen. But I don't believe it was difficult for him. I believe he had his eyes, amen, above those well, amen, watered pastures. I believe he was looking a different direction. What are you looking at? Amen. I want to tell you, if you don't look the right direction, you're going to struggle. Amen. From day to day, there's going to be offenses. There's going to be misunderstandings. There's going to be struggles. And it's going to be everybody else's fault. Amen. That they're wrong. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to do you wrong. Everybody, amen. But you need to realize it's because you're looking the wrong direction. Amen. Abraham wasn't looking that direction. He was looking for a city. He was looking beyond the natural. He was looking outside of what this world could bring. Amen. Into the promises of God. Amen. Whom he believed. And it was accounted unto him for righteousness. You know the problem if we're not careful we don't believe God amen now I know we do but I know we don't amen because if we do we're going to have the right perspective I was talking to the guys at the table this morning you know if you if you go to a little child amen 16 months old and you say you want this sucker? You want this sucker? I'll give you the sucker tonight if you want it. But if you wait for a month, I'll give you suckers for life. All the suckers you want. What do you think that 16-month-old is going to choose? And you know what? If somebody told you, I'll give you $10,000 today, or I'll give you a million dollars in six months, 
If you believe them, you ain't going to touch that $10,000. But if you don't believe them, if you're not sure, if you think there's the possibility that million may not come, then that $10,000 could pay the bills and help, you know, around the house. And, folks, I want to tell you, amen, we've got oh, to search out our own heart, amen, and set our hope in God, amen, cultivate that faith, and that faith will produce a look in the right direction. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Amen. We've got to set our hope in God and view this life from an eternal perspective or the enemy is going to get an advantage. Amen. How did Moses endure as seeing him who is invisible? Amen. David said, as for me, I'll behold thy face in righteousness, and I'll be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. Paul said in Acts 20, when they told him, amen, what was going to happen when he would go to Jerusalem, he said, behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me, but none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I've received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Do you know why those things couldn't move him? Amen. Because he wouldn't look in down here. He said if I have the hope of Christ in this life only, I'm of all men most miserable. But he had turned his sights above the horizon to look into the eternal Amen. And rejoice with joy in what was in store. And he lived in that reality. There's victory there, folks. Amen. James said our life is but a vapor. Amen. And he said in James 5 and 7, Be patient, therefore, brethren, under the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husband when waited for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it until he received the early and the latter rain. Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts, for because the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. You know what he's saying? Uh, you've got to have an eternal perspective. What are you looking at? Look up. Look unto Jesus. He's in control. Amen. John said, Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Hebrews 11 says, These all died in faith, not having received the promises but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Folks, we don't belong down here. I'm learning more and more and more every day. I do not belong in this place. Amen. This world is not my home. Amen. We're strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country that is in heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he hath prepared for them a city. Hey, keep heading for the city. Keep your eyes on the city. 
Amen. What are you looking at? Get your eyes off of circumstances. Get your eyes off of the storm and look unto Jesus. Amen. Hebrews 13 and 14 says, For here we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. John 14, amen, Jesus was preparing his disciples for the crucifixion, and he said, don't you let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me and my Father's house, our many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Folks, we've got to live in that reality. Amen. We've got to live every day with that filling and washing and flooding and nourishing. Amen. And keeping our minds every day because the enemy's going about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And you can't look at him. You remember the story in Pilgrim's Progress. Amen. About those two lions that were by the way Amen. I tell you what, if you'll just keep your eyes, amen, in the right place, your perspective right, oh, amen, then the enemy cannot get to you. Amen. What are you looking at? Philippians chapter 3. Paul said, Brethren, be followers together of me and mark them which walk so as you have us for an ensample. For many walk, of whom I've told you often and now tell you even weeping, that they're enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. He didn't say sinful things necessarily, earthly things. It is dangerous, amen, for us to be looking on natural circumstances. We've got to look beyond it. The enemy will get an advantage in our lives, amen, if we allow the circumstances of life to move us. Amen. Our life is hid with Christ in God. Amen. This is not who we are. Amen. This is only this vile body that's holding our soul. Amen. Until one day it's going to turn us loose. Amen. We're going to have a glorified body. For our conversation, he said, is in heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. That was his perspective in life and that's how he could walk in the spirit and overcome amen. amen who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body according to the working whereby he's able even to subdue all things unto himself second corinthians 4 he said if our gospel be hid it's hid to them that are lost and whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure.
treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus may be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. We having the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believe, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing that which raised that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you for all things and for your sakes that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God for the which cause we faint not but though our outward man perish yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Amen. How does he maintain victory? How? Is he an overcomer? He said, for our light affliction is but for a moment, but it's working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory while we look not upon the things which are seen, but upon the things which are not seen. Seen, what are you looking at? For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Hallelujah. We must keep our perspective upon the eternal. He said, for we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle be dissolved, we have a building of God and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. If so, that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan being burdened, not that for we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now he that has wrought us for the self-same thing is God, who's also given to us the earnest of the Spirit. Therefore we're always confident, knowing that whilst we're at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. What are you looking at? You can't walk by sight. You can't walk by circumstances. Amen. Lift your vision into the eternal. The greater the opposition, the greater the opportunity. Don't miss the opportunity. There was no greater tragedy than Calvary, folks. Amen. But there's no greater glory and blessing and opportunity than what was purchased for us. Amen. In that tragedy. We're confident in us saying, willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things which is done in his body according to that he had done, whether it be good or bad. An eternal perspective. What are you looking at? Jim Elliott said, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. The only way you can do that is have the right perspective. Amen. C.T. Studd wrote this little poem. Two little lines I heard one day traveling along life's busy way, bringing conviction to my heart and from my mind would not depart. Only one life will soon be passed. 
Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, yes, only one. Soon will its fleeting hours be done. And in that day, my Lord, to meet and stand before his judgment seat. Only one life to soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, the still small voice, gently pleads for a better choice, bidding me selfish aims to leave and to God's holy will to cleave. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, a few brief years, each with its burdens, hopes, and fears. Each with its days I must fulfill, living for self or in his will. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. When this bright world would tempt me sore, when Satan would a victory score, when self would seek to have its way, then help me, Lord, with joy to say, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Give me, Father, a purpose deep. Enjoy or sorrow that word to keep. Faithful and true, whate'er the strife, pleasing thee in my daily life. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Oh, let my love with fervor burn, and from the world now let me turn, living for thee and thee alone, bringing thee pleasure on thy throne. Only one life, yes, only one. Now let me say, thy will be done. And when at last I'll hear the call, I know I'll say was worth it all. And when I am dying, how happy I'll be if the lamp of my life has burned out for thee. Amen. Only one life. Amen. And it's but a vapor. Hey, what are you looking at? Look unto Jesus. Amen. Set your affection on things above. This thing's real, folks. Our life here is but for a moment, but a vapor. It's passing away. Amen. I realize I'm not 20 anymore. That's, you know, it's hard to believe. Amen. life is but a vapor. Only one life. And what you're looking at is going to affect the opportunity of this short little life. Amen. That's going to determine the glory of you to use your imagination with me tonight if you would. Amen. Just imagine that this rope, it's a little bit of a long rope, but just imagine that it, it goes on all the way. What, which direction is that? West. Amen. All the way to California and across the Pacific Ocean and around the earth, and off, amen, into eternity, forever. It goes forever. Just imagine that. 
And your life is that right there. Amen. And most people on this earth spend most of that life trying to build up for what they can get. Amen. In retirement right there at the very end. And most of the time they can't even hardly enjoy it. It's but a vapor. It's going to pass away. And if we're not careful, instead of looking at all this, that goes on and on and on forever. Forever. Instead of making decisions based upon that, we make decisions based upon this right here. Amen. God help us. What are you looking at? Amen. What are you forfeiting? Bring those thoughts in subjection to Christ. Amen. Look to the truth. Look to the word of God. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust can corrupt and thieves cannot break through nor steal. Amen. Your eye affects your heart. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Your perspective, what you're looking at right here, is going to determine all the rest of it. What are you looking at? Amen. Turn your thoughts, your eyes, your perspective. Turn it. Focus. Amen. For Jesus' sake. On the one who is worthy. Amen. Who cares. Who loves you. He's preparing a place for those that love him. Amen. What are you looking at? If it seems that it's difficult, you feel heavy, you feel weighty, you sense you're struggling. Amen. Then I'll tell you what, you better find a place. Amen. To focus your lens. Amen. Oh, Till this world loses focus. Amen. Oh, and as you focus in on him, I want to tell you the burdens will lighten. Amen. I didn't say the circumstances would change. I said the burden will lighten. Amen. We must learn to cast all of our care upon him. Amen. Look unto Jesus. What are you looking at? Amen. Lift your focus. Lift your sights. Lift your perspective. Put it all in his hands. Amen. He's a keeper. He'll go before you. He'll hold you up. He'll see you through. It's going to be glorious and good. You'll look unto Jesus. Would you stand with us tonight? If you'll change your focus, it'll change your life. Amen. The fruit of the right focus is love and joy and peace, gentleness, goodness, faith, temperance, meekness, the fruits of the Spirit. 
joy unspeakable. It's full of glory. He's worthy. What are you looking at? This is real, folks. God, help us. Don't let your thoughts run wild. Gather those thoughts. Bring them into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And the fruit will be Christ in you, the hope of glory. And it'll be good. The Father will be glorified. And there'll be a peace that passes understanding and joy that's unspeakable that this world cannot give and this world cannot take away. I pray you'll never be the same. This is real, folks. Oh, it's simple. But oh, it's such a reality. God, by your grace, awaken each heart to the reality. To refuse. Strangely dim in the light of your glory.